Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about such histories, life, and, and trivial things that are fun to learn about. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that's factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYY Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, let's start the show. Okay, Jingan, what is your search term of the week? Okay, my first search term is... Why do Chinese texts read right to left? Like especially the ancient ones. The Chinese text, right? The ancient ones, right? It's yeah. not only right to left, right? Mm. It's up to down. Eh? Yes, correct. So both. Yeah. Right to left, up to down. Top to down, sorry. So why? I know why. Because the emperor wanted to read it that way. Oh, the emperor say, I want it like that. Is no, it? the all along the emperor flip things, right? Mm. He flip it with his right hand. So he's just like, you know what? If... I flip things in my right hand, then I want everything to be on this page. So I read it and I flip it away. Isn't it if you want to flip your left hand, then you read on this page, then flip? Because the books are not like the normal English books, right? You read it from the back to the front. Yeah. So you use your... How? He, he's holding the book, then uh-huh. he use his right hand to flip the page this way. The way you are flipping it currently uh-huh. is the not normal way we read books. Right? <laughs> no, it's not. Like that. I give you a book. This is the the ancient text way. Mm-hmm. Yeah lah, so I read it this way. Uh. With my right hand, I want to flip it this way. Flip it this way. Flip. Flip with my right hand. Oh. But if you are reading the, the Chinese, the English book, then you have to flip if, this way with your left hand. Flip with your left hand. So the emperor, the Chinese emperor want to flip it with their right hand. Flip, flip, flip. But I flip it with my right hand when I use the western book. Wait, look at the way I'm flipping. Yeah, but you're flipping it to your left. But the ancient emperor of China want to flip it to his right. <laughs> <laughs> Why must you argue with me for so long about this thing? It's just my theory. Okay, okay. It's not correct. <sighs> so sad. I made a whole theory about it and it was wrong. Okay, so what's the answer? Okay, the answer is... Now, currently, in mainland China, actually, they are using the Western way already. They have switched it over. Oh. Yeah, it's just that Taiwan predominantly uses the old way still. Okay. For the modern books. Then Hong Kong eh? I think, depends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so to understand why this happens, we have to trace back to the start of Chinese writing and it has to do with the materials used. Mm -hmm. So the start of Chinese writing is... This thing called the Oracle Bone Inscriptions. Yes, 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 Oracle Bone. Yes, it's called this this name is uh called by the Westerners la, mm-hmm. but actually in Chinese it's called Jia Gu Wen. And it is traced back to the Shang Dynasty, which is about a thousand and six hundred BC. Okay. Sixteen hundred BC. Mm-hmm. So this Jia Gu Wen, right, is also called Gui Jia Shou Gu Wen, which literally translates to Turtle Shell. Beast bone writing. Turtle shell. Beast, beast bone. bone. Okay, so they write on turtle shells and beast bones. Exactly, correct. Okay. 
Yes, so it was writing that was found on turtle shells and bee bones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do they write on these bee bones? They must dry use it first. Sh- okay, then use a sharp sharp thing to carve to it. To carve it, correct. Mm-hmm. So when it's dried, right, the bones, they actually form cracks that are horizontal. So it creates like a grid. So it's like this, right? So imagine a bone is like rectangular. Rectangular, vertical. Vertical, right? Mm -hmm. So then the the cracks will appear horizontally. Mm. So it will become like a a grid, right? So you can write on each square like that. So they write top down. Okay. So, but actually this practice of writing top down is not too firmly cemented into the culture at that time yet. Mm -hmm. But after the Shang and Zhou dynasties, Bamboo scrolls became the main writing material. Mm. Mm-hmm. So bamboo scrolls are made of pieces of bamboo and are connected together with pieces of string. Mm-hmm. So at that point of time, they have to decide right whether they want to write vertically on the piece of bamboo or horizontally on a piece of bamboo. Mm. So if you think about it, if it unravel, mm-hmm. it's easier for them to write and unravel at the same time if it's vertical. Mm. So, so that their arm can rest on the table as they write. But if they do vertically, then they, their wrist will be very difficult leaning <laughs> on the roll. Yes. Okay. Or if not, it's like, it doesn't make sense, right? If you write from the bottom up, then it's like... So hard to read. Yeah. Okay. So fine. anyway, it made the most sense to do it vertically. Okay, fine. Then they unravel horizontally. Okay. Yeah. So why is it right to left and not left to yeah, right? Yeah, does it matter? Because they use their right hand to write, then... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most people are right-handed. Yeah. Because they use their right hand to carve the thing. Or is it right? I think maybe early, earlier there is carving also. But, but yeah, but mostly like that, writing. But like that, were the ink dry? If they write right to left, right, then their hand will keep smudging the ink as they go. Yes, that's an excellent point. Then how? It has to do with the way people write last time. <gasps> you know I know, I know, I know. Because I learned Chinese ink now. Yes. Y- you are not supposed to rest your wrist onto the paper or That's the bamboo right. or the thing. That's right. It's called a writing method. It's called bi. <gasps> yeah. The teacher will say that if you keep resting your wrist, right, mm. you are very weak. Your strokes are very weak. Yes. So, so they don't like you to rest. Yes. Yeah, so last <gasps> time when they write, right, they don't rest their wrist or their arm <gasps> on the table. <gasps> so the unraveling, right, is done by the left hand. Yes. Then the right hand just right, right, right. Yeah. Then if the you imagine uh, the scroll right is on the right side. Then they cannot unravel. Then uh. the unraveling is very weird, very right? Awkward. You have yeah. to cross hand. Yes. And also your hand is blocked when you're writing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why it is right to left. Yeah, because Chinese if you write with the Chinese brush, you're not supposed to rest your wrist. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Okay, of course, as time passed, right, the people didn't write on bamboo scrolls anymore. Uh-huh. We switched to paper, right? Mm-hmm. Although we switched to paper, the writing method was too ingrained in the culture. Mm. So people already used to this top-down, right-left right left. method. Mm. So they stuck with it lor, all the way until mm. after the Opium War, when there was a lot of like westernization, mm-hmm. the scholars found it difficult to express numbers, western words, and punctuation with mm. the top-down method. Mm. So that's why they work to change it in the forming of the new and current China. Oh. Mm. oh. But even now, right, they still give us the paper in rolls. You can buy the paper in rolls. Mm, yes. Yeah. Then those people who practice Chinese ink, they still can roll the paper out with their left hand. Yes, right, exactly. Right exactly. Still it's can. easier. Yeah. yeah, still can. Yeah. Uh. It still works that way in a sense. Ah. Uh. Mm. 
So yeah, that's why. Because I was reading a Taiwanese book. Then this particular Taiwanese book, or rather the same author, la, the, it's two different books, but one is uh, published in Taiwan, and then one is published in China. Mm. So one is like the normal Western way of reading, mm. the left to right. And horizontal. Yeah. And then the other one is like right to left, but up, top Vertical. down. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, mm. <laughs> like this is like a bit, a bit unusual. Why is it like this? I went to go and Google it. So that's the answer. Yay. <laughs> so Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Can I take a nap after I drink coffee? Why not? Mm, because coffee is a up, then nap is a down. Then I scared after I drink the coffee, then, then my brain down, is up, up down, then down. I supposed to make it down, then after that it confused, then I spoil my brain. Oh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, the brain so easy spoil. I don't know eh. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so then I woke up early to exercise, then I go home and eat breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. But then after that I felt very sleepy. Okay. Then I already had coffee. Then I was like, oh no, should I nap? We were like, I get a headache later. Oh, maybe huh? Ah, What do you think? Uh, I guess you're not supposed to, but if you accidentally, if you're like super tired, right? Uh-huh. Your fatigue level is like 100. Then like, you know, coffee just minus 10. Then maybe yeah lah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a theory. <laughs> okay. I know, no, okay, okay, okay. So, coffee, right, minus 50. So, if your fatigue level is 100, so it minus 50, right, then you still have 50, ma. Still have 50 fatigue level, so you can sleep away the 50. Oh. But if your fatigue level is only, like, 40, then you have coffee, then minus 50, so you're at negative 10, so you shouldn't be sleeping. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> Are you, like, imagining us as all, like, game characters or something? Yeah. They got the stats. Then you want yes. to plus the step minus the step. Later the person what tired, they give potion la, give revive la, that kind of thing, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Play too much Pokemon. <laughs> so apparently, mm. what I found out was, there is this thing called a coffee nap. Oh, okay. Yes. A coffee nap refers to drinking coffee before sleeping for a short period of time. Okay. And according to research, this coffee nap can increase concentration, performance skills and cognition. Wow, so good. Uh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The coffee nap cannot be too long, about 15 to 20 minutes, because it takes about that long to feel the effects of caffeine. Oh. And because if you sleep for more than 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you may fall into a deep sleep called slow wave sleep. Slow wave. Sounds good. Mm. But waking up from slow wave sleep can lead to sleep inertia, which is a state of drowsiness and disorientation. Mm. Yeah. Do you get that? When you sleep for more than half an hour, then you feel like when you wake up, then you're like, uh, groggy. Yeah, slow wave sleep leads to slow brain. Yeah. Because mm. your brain is at the state right before REM. Oh. Where it's very slow, like super slow down. It's trying to slow down the body. Yeah, then you suddenly go and wake up, right? Then you'll be like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Confused. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, so what is the science behind this, right? So apparently, right, sleepiness is induced by the accumulation of adenosine. Okay. It is a byproduct of the body's primary energy source known as adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP for short. Mm. Okay, so essentially, right, as our cells burn ATP throughout the day, the buildup of adenosine in the brain will gradually make us sleepier and sleepier. Mm. 
So as we burn energy, we'll make this thing. Okay. Yeah, just, we'll just keep making, making, making. Then it'll all go inside our brain. When you like cross over the tipping point, then you're yeah. very sleepy. Yeah, you're very sleepy. Okay. You can knock off anywhere, you know? Mm. Yeah. Then the longer we stay awake, right, the sleepier we'll become. Mm. And the only way to clear this thing is to sleep. Mm. Yeah. So if you sleep, you have a good night's rest, mm. then this adenosine level will be depleted. Then oh. when you wake up, then you'll start to increase again. Mm. Okay. So if you wake up sleepy, what does it mean? Uh, it means that you didn't sleep well enough or you never sleep enough. So your brain cannot clear the endinocene. But I always wake up sleepy. And if you never sleep well, there's also a lot of the endinocene okay. in your brain never clear. So okay. you need to sleep enough to clear the endinocene, but not too much. Too much is spoiled already. All the brain cans all haywire. Okay. Mm. You need to sleep just right. Yeah, just right. Okay. Which in the previous episode we have established is 7 to 9 hours okay. for adults. So, caffeine can counteract this sleepy effect to some degree because caffeine actually competes with this endinocene for receptors in our brains. Oh. So, it doesn't decrease the endinocene in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So, we are still tired. Mm. It's just that caffeine go and block. Oh. Yeah, go and like block the receptor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, the endinocene cannot stick to the receptor so it doesn't make you less tired it just block your tired yeah it just block your brain from feeling tired your brain don't know that it's tired oh yeah <laughs> that's not very good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so scientists suspect right if you drink coffee before a nap right you may boost the energy levels because it takes some time until your body feels this effect of the caffeine mm. and then when we nap right then our bodies get rid of some endinocene mm-hmm. then when the caffeine reach our brains right there is less endinocene for the caffeine to compete with. Oh. So the caffeine and endinocene will quickly stick to your brain. Stick, 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 stick. That's why you got an energy boost. Yeah, but then when you take a nap, right, then the endinocene drop. Then the caffeine stick, 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 stick. Yeah. Then when you wake up, then you revitalize. Oh, okay. It's like a plus effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So normal nap is like maybe plus 20%. Normal coffee is plus 20%. And oh. if, you, if you do both, then it's like plus 35%. Oh, okay. I don't think it's like double. La. Oh, okay, <laughs> like, okay. You know. okay, so how much coffee shall we drink a day? How much? Uh? Yeah, how much? Uh, what is the quantity of coffee? Like uh, Milligram or cups? Uh, one cup. One cup a day? Yeah. Okay. The answer is... Depends. <laughs> Depends okay. on your personal tolerance. Okay, like for me, I cannot drink coffee because I'm allergic. Yeah, so yeah, depends on the person's tolerance and the research has shown average, uh, average adult yep. is about 2 cups of coffee, 200 mg only to let you feel more alert and energised. 200 mg is 2 cups. Oh, around 2 cups only. If oh. you drink more, right, there was a study uh, where healthy adults had 400 mg of caffeine, which is 4 cups. Uh. Mm. Then they all experienced disrupted sleep. Mm, mm, so their mm. sleep is all affected. Okay. So two is about the magic number already. Okay, just right. Yeah. That means a lot of people drink way more than they should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, lesser is better lah. Yeah. Like, you don't rely on this thing lah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But, but also, does it also depend on the amount of caffeine that is inside the coffee? Yeah, lo, 200 mg lo. So you see, you drink po or you drink gao lo. Oh, okay. If you drink like gao ti lo, then you cannot really. You only, you only can like, drink one cup. Because there's a difference, right? If you drink like an espresso shot uh-huh. compared to like, uh, I don't know, like latte. 
a frappuccino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like, there's more sugar than the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. caffeine. So, 200 mg is the magic number. La. You want you go mm. and go Starbucks website and slowly read. La. Okay, <laughs> Starbucks, how many mg of caffeine do you have in that? Yeah. Uh, you go and slowly read. But, you know, you just don't take more than that. Okay. Your sleep sure disrupted one. They okay. already go and test a, a lot of people already. Anyway, the coffee naps research, right, is still quite new mm-hmm. and all the sample size are quite small mm. but the results seem quite promising mm. so even those oh, who didn't fall completely asleep mm. during the assigned nap period yes they still experience improved energy mm. so even if they just lie there for 15 minutes and say and I rest. cannot sleep then rest close my eyes and rest but then when they open their eyes they're like oh boost interesting yeah then they become a coffee nap monster cause they can be very efficient uh, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> okay, my final question, right, is what is the latest time we can drink coffee? Latest time? Uh, latest time. Latest, latest. Yeah. I mean, depending on what time you sleep, of course. Okay, so how many hours before your bedtime? Um, six. Six hours. Yeah. Okay, very good. Good answer. Six hours before bed is at least, at uh, least six hours. Yes, yeah. I guessed it right. But the yeah. safer recommendation, ah. Uh, is 10 to 12 hours before your bedtime. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, so if you sleep at 12, you around noon, you cannot drink coffee already. Oh. You sleep at 11, right? Around 11, you shouldn't drink already. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because six hours after caffeine is consumed, right? Half of it is still in your body. Mm. The half-life of caffeine is around six hours. Okay. So 12 hours later, right? One quarter or around there is still inside your body. <laughs> I have actually a question about this, but maybe I don't know whether you researched this part. Like, are all caffeine the same? I don't know. Like, for example, like Red Bull, uh-huh. I assume that is like caffeine that is very fast acting, right? Mm. Or like green tea compared to uh, coffee. It's mm. like different levels of caffeine. Mm. So like, how do you know what is the effect of it? Are you researching it now? <laughs> there is actually a chart of how much caffeine there is. Mm. Yeah, the highest one is brewed coffee, which is 80 to 200 mg. Then black tea is second, followed by oolong tea, green tea, white tea. Oh. Then after that is decaf tea. Decaf tea uh, also still have caffeine in it. And decaf coffee. Why do they lie? If they say it's decaf, Because they be decaf zero. is they try their best to decaffeinate it, but it's not uncaffeinated. Oh. Decaf, not uncaf. Okay. Ah. Uncaf, just drink water. Yeah, drink water. <laughs> or you can drink herbal tea or those flower tea. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. <laughs> you were asking about Red Bull and all that, right? Yes. They also have quite a lot of caffeine. I, I would expect so. Red Bull is 80 mg. It's only second to a uh, coffee. Oh my. It's almost as good as an espresso. Oh, so coffee is more la, than like Red Bull. Espresso is 77 mg. Red Bull, the silver can, uh, is 80 mg. Mm, yeah. Interesting. So interesting. the Red Bull is equivalent to espresso, eh, but plus sugar. <laughs> And other chemicals. Okay. Uh, Coke is about the similar to black tea. Okay. Suddenly, uh, spring this surprise on me uh, while presenting my search term. Uh. <laughs> ah. Okay, anyway, question. that's the end of my search term already. Okay, yep. yep. So, nice. Yes. The moral of the story is do not drink caffeine about 10 to 12 hours before your bedtime. Not even for lunch. Mm. Mm. 
that's the best lah. But then if you cannot help it, maybe your work is too boring <laughs> that you need to make yourself wake up. Or then too s- demanding. Like ah, too demanding, too stressful. Mm. Uh, then okay lah, six hours before bed. So if you stay at 12, you can drink until six o'clock. Okay. So you work and drink, work and drink, work and drink. Then oh my god, six o'clock, funko already. I need to stop. <laughs> okay, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. Alright, so who is the contributor for this week? This week, we have Olivia. Her first search term is... Do bones rattle when you shake a coffee? And also, like, if there's an earthquake, will the coffin be maracas? Like... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this question is a bit morbid, but okay, okay. Do bones rattle when you shake a coffin? So there's music when there is an earthquake. Oh. Wow. Hmm... I think it depends on the rate of composition, eh. Like how composed. Decomposition. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what if they are trying to make music? That's the rate of composition. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's the state of the <clears throat> composition. <laughs> like I mean, if it's very very dry, then and brittle, then it's like crack 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 crack. If there's still like tendons and all holding them, then cannot. I don't think there's a real answer if you Google this question. I'm googling do bones rattle. So apparently, there's this thing called a death rattle. Do you know? Yes, that's the sound people make before they die. Yes. Yeah, because the dying person is no longer able to swallow, cough, or clear their saliva and mucus. Mm. Yeah, so there's like a crackling noise mm-hmm. as the person's breathing. Mm-hmm. So, but this has nothing to do with the bones rattling mm-hmm. in the coffin. Mm-hmm. But wait, but wait, but wait, I found something. Okay, okay. There is an instrument called bones. Oh. They are called bones with a capital B. B-O-N-E-S. Okay. And they are also known as rhythm bones. Oh, rhythm yes. bones. Yes. And they consist of a pair of animal bones, but can also be played on wood if you don't want to use animal bones. Okay, yes. Yeah. And uh, they usually use sections of large rib bones or lower leg bones. Oh, to as play. like a drumstick? Uh? No. They hold it like castanets. Oh my god. So they hold two bones in each hand and they tack 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 tack. Oh. Yep. And they have been playing this for a long, long time. Interesting. And it is found everywhere, dating back to ancient China, Egypt, Greece, and Rome. Mm. Mm-hmm. And these have contributed to many music genres. Already <laughs> starting from the 19th century minstrel shows mm-hmm. where the minstrel will just entertain and yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like a lot of the folk music you hear a lot of these like yes. rattling sounds yes and then after that other music also mm. and then like uh, Irish and Scottish music the blues mm. uh, French Canadian music and even I don't know what's this Zydeco okay Zydeco music I have no idea what it is yeah I guess like in our human history we have been known to use bones for a lot of things remember last time we had a search term about jack which is the last time five stones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they, the origin of these five stones is bones mm-hmm. is animal bones uh. so they mm-hmm. use bones to like play the game mm-hmm. and then I think before that it was like for fortune telling yes yeah 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 so, so it's like yeah. we have established that bones do rattle 
Yeah, unless the coffin is completely wooden. Like inside there's no cloth or other stuff to yes, like yes. Uh, soften the, the the sound. Yeah. Bones do make nice clacking sounds. To the yes. point where people use it as instruments. Indeed, indeed. Can I present to you one more instrument that I found? Sure. It's called jawbone. So what they use the jawbone and crack crack like that, no? No, they literally like go and get the jawbone of, of a, a big a big animal. Okay. Which is usually yes. a horse or a donkey. Then they will use the lower jawbone, the lower jaw with all the teeth there. And then they will use a stick to oh, scrape across the teeth. To like, crack, 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 crack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Mm. okay. I mean, there are also a lot of flutes that are made from bones. Yes. But that's not the sound we're looking for. <laughs> clack, clack, clack is the sound that we're looking for. Oh my gosh. I like to um, end this search term with a joke. Okay. Why did the skeleton not go to the party? Because... Why are you so confused? <laughs> Trying to think of a good pun. Because he had nobody to go with. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, what's the next search term? <laughs> okay, the next search term from mm-hmm. Olivia is... Mm-hmm. Can your existential crisis span dimensions? My existential crisis. Span dimensions. dimensions. Huh? So, okay, dimensions are like 2D, 3D, and then like we don't know why it's 4D, right? What even does it mean? It's like it has two layers to it. No, okay. As in this question... There are many dimensions. No, this search term has, has many layers to it. Okay. Because this... Were you trying to make a joke? Yes. <laughs> So many dimensions to it. Yeah, this search term has many dimensions to it. Okay. Yeah. Like first of all, you must have a existential crisis. Yes. Then the existential crisis, whether it can span dimensions. Eh. It's not consciousness. Eh. It's not whether your consciousness can span dimensions. Your consciousness must be in turmoil <laughs> and have a crisis. Then whether it can span dimensions. Okay. Maybe we should define what an existential crisis is first. Okay, what okay. is an existential what crisis? What is an existential crisis? Uh, a questioning of your existence. Yeah. Like, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of me? In psychology and psychotherapy, existential crises are inner conflicts characterized by the impression that life lacks meaning. Oh, so sad. I think everyone goes through this though. Yes. They always say like quarter-life crises, half-life crises... I mean, who doesn't think about this one? Mid-life crisis. I, I accidentally life. say half-life crisis. Eh. Wow. Half-life is the game. Yeah, half-life. <laughs> Mid-life crisis, quarter-life crisis, yeah, you know? I'm sure everybody has this moment in their life where they are just thinking, like, what's the point of this, right? What is my purpose here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there another place that I go to after I die? Mm-hmm. Where was I before mm-hmm. I was born? Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does this span dimensions but now you need to ask another question is yeah. do we live in multi-dimensions right okay okay yes so because this existential crisis has to follow us ma. yeah so can we be in multiple dimensions so if we can be in multiple dimensions that means our existential crisis can follow us to multiple dimensions amazing okay come okay, let's listeners go please persist we are trying to make this work okay so science has it that the world as we know it has three dimensions. Okay. Length, width, and depth. Mm. Right? Yeah. And 
one more dimension, time. Okay. Mm. But according to string theory, the universe operates with 10 dimensions. Okay. 10. 10. According to string theory. Okay. Mm. I, I can't even imagine the fifth or sixth. Mm. <laughs> it's very difficult to explain the mathematics behind string theory. Okay, this is from a Smithsonian Magazine article. Yes. Okay, so it's very, very difficult to explain, but in essence, dimensions 5 to 10 have to do with possibility and include all possible futures and all possible pasts, including realities with a totally different physics than those in our universe. Wow. Maths, 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 science, 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> but... Mm. We can only, right now, as a human, yes, we can only exist in three. Okay. And then, exist and perceive. How you know you don't exist in those dimensions? Wow, you like that. I'm talking about the body. I don't know whether your body can be five and six and seven dimensions. As in like, if you cannot perceive a different dimension, doesn't mean they don't exist in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So now, right, we only know that our body exists in three. Yes. Our mind may be more, maybe only in our body. Okay. Like right now, nobody knows whether our mind can exist outside our body or not. That's true. It's not proven. Ma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and we want science answers only, not every fairy, spiritual, spiritual. and metaphysical things. Okay. We want science answers. <laughs> science answers is we do not know whether yeah. the mind can be outside the body. Okay. Mm. So mm. if your mind is inside your body, okay, which is inside this universe. Yeah. And then this universe got 10 dimensions. Uh-huh. Then therefore, if your mind has an existential crisis yes. in your body, technically it can span 10 dimensions. 10 dimensions. Okay, you can have a 10 dimensional existential, existential crisis. crisis. That's the answer. Okay, awesome. The next search term from Olivia is, can you vomit and pee at the same time? <gasps> vomit and pee. Well, the pressure... Because when you vomit, right? Yeah. Something is coming out. And you have then, to push, right? Yeah, when you pee, or something is also coming out. So uh, the outside pressure, uh, air pressure, could squish you, you know? <laughs> you understand, right? It's like... <laughs> chuck, chuck, then you but, but, you, but you are the one who is squeezing it out. Mm. Then there will be a vacuum inside you. Ma. No, uh, you are using the, your muscles to squeeze. Squeeze the fluid out. Squeeze like the fluid out. you imagine out. a tube of toothpaste with two ends cut off. Mm-hmm. Then you squeeze from the middle and then both sides come oh, out. Oh, because you assume that we are toothpaste, that we don't need the air to bounce back in shape. Oh. I assume that we need to <laughs> bounce back in shape. Oh yeah, we need to breathe in back the air. La. Yeah, right. I, I imagine that if we bleh and we pee, yeah. then all the liquid come out, then we need to suck back. Then you can I come think can. I think can. Okay. Well, yes. The answer is yes. A lot of uh, pregnant women have been complaining about this problem. Oh, it is a very normal problem. <laughs> it's called pregnancy incontinence plus morning sickness. Oh my god. It's a real thing. People go through this <laughs> when they are pregnant. And also it is possible to throw up and poop at the same time. Yes. Because in order to vomit, there is abdominal pressure. Yeah. And the abdominal pressure will increase. Yes. So when you increase it, there is a chance that if you're, you're having some problems di- in your digestion yes. or incontinence, then yeah. that side also, the fluid might be expelled. Yes. Oh. That's why I was saying it's like the toothpaste analogy. Yeah, so you like, press both sides. you press 
on the middle. Yeah. Both sides come out. Come out at the same time. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's actually a very normal thing. Like if you have food poisoning or GI infection, mm. you can also puke and like poop at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very normal. Nobody has uh died from it. You won't like, you know, the air pressure will not just like squish no. you like a bug. No, no such thing. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't scare people. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. It's very fine. You're normal. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's the end of our special segment. All right. So, Zingan, what is your second search term of the week? Okay, my second search term is... Why does water go stale? Why does water go stale? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you put the water out there for a while, then later you taste it. It's like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like something wrong with the taste. <laughs> like you'll be like... Blah, blah. Right? Like even the cats don't drink it. Yes. You know cats drink moving water? Like they don't like like steel water. But you know why they don't drink it? Because it's not safe, ma. Mm. Yeah, steel water is not safe. Also like because their natural instinct is like, for example, they they uh they kill something, right? Mm-hmm. Then the whatever bacteria or whatever from that wa- that animal, if it goes inside the water that they drink, then they'll become sick. That's mm. why they always don't drink the water that you put beside the food. Mm, 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 mm. And they always want fresh water. Yes. Fresh water or moving. moving water. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I get what they are thinking and what what they feel. Because <laughs> I know the water, like, if I go out, then in the morning I put water in my desk, right? Then if mm. I come back, then I drink that water, I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, when I, I go to bed with a cup of water, right? Mm. So I just put it beside my bed in case I'm thirsty in the night. Mm. Then in the morning, right, when I drink it, it's like, what is this taste? Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Like, uh, taste weird. I know, I know, it oxidizes. Oxidizes. And then all the particles in the air drop inside. Eee. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of close. It's kind of close. Uh-huh. Okay, it has to do with chemistry. Uh-huh. So the drinking water that we have, right? The Especially tap water. La, it's not just a bunch of H2O molecules. Okay. You understand? Like, there's other things inside the water also. Okay. So, like, there are other ions or molecules that change over time. Oh. And they affect how the water tastes. So one of those things inside the stale water that's causing a problem that is that's making it not nice mm-hmm. is carbon dioxide. Oh. Because water can absorb stuff from the air, so some of the carbon dioxide inside the air goes mm-hmm. inside your water. Mm-hmm. So when the carbon dioxide goes inside the water, then the carbon dioxide molecule will mix with the H2O molecule mm-hmm. and then they react mm-hmm. Then they form carbonic acid eee, which okay. lowers the pH of the water and it becomes slightly acidic eee, okay yeah so that's why it tastes weird oh another thing is that chlorine mm-hmm. is inside our tap water mm-hmm. because to purify tap water they put a little bit of chlorine so that it can kill the bacteria or the viruses floating around mm-hmm. the water so okay. this is a normal a normal practice it's mm-hmm. not like they're poisoning us or anything they have a certain percentage like, that they will add to the water. You can't taste it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we have all tasted swimming pool water, which is a lot more chlorine. Yes. And then it obviously tastes very bad. Yes. And it smells bad as well. Yes. <laughs> but a little bit makes the water actually taste crisp or refreshing. By the way, uh, yes. the swimming pool, when it's smelly, right? Yeah. It's not the chlorine smell. It's not it's the, the chlorine smell. It's the mixed with the chlorine. Yes. That's why I got that smell. Correct. Okay, by the way, yes. Yes, it's that smelly We smell. covered it before. Okay, yes. continue. <laughs> okay, so when you leave the water out, right, the chlorine mm-hmm. might evaporate. 
uh-huh. so that's why there's no fresh taste oh. inside the water. Oh. Okay, then the third factor is mm. temperature. Okay. The temperature of the water, especially when it's cold, mm-hmm. suppresses the taste of the water. Oh. So warmer water has faster moving molecules, mm-hmm. which amplifies the flavors that are inside the water. Oh, so that's why the cold water is more refreshing. Some yes. people will go to the fridge to take cold because water. Because you can't taste it. Because ah. the temperature suppresses your taste. Ah. Yeah. Oh, that's why it tastes refreshing. That's why some people don't drink room temperature water. I have friends who don't drink room temperature water. They ah, think it's them weird. Interesting. Yeah. But actually, I think it's fine. Eh? I don't know why. Oh, because they've been trained <laughs> Okay, <laughs> to drink water. I can even drink warm water. It's, it's fine mm. to me. Mm. It's fine to me too. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is a short one. Okay, very good. Because my next one a bit long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Eliza, what is your second search term of the week? My search term is... Mummy Brown. Mummy Brown? Yeah. Mummy Brown. Why is Mummy <laughs> Brown? Why are you saying it like that? You want to guess what it is? <laughs> Mummy Brown. Uh, sure wrong one. You guess very sure wrong one. Okay, it is Teddy Bear's mum. Who is Teddy Bear? Whoever's Teddy Bear. La. Teddy Why? Bear named Teddy Bear. Wrong. Okay. Teddy Bear's mum is called Mummy Brown. It's quite a nice name though. <laughs> it's like a giant teddy bear. Then. It's like, oh, this is Mummy Brown. Yeah. No, Isn't wrong. Is it poop related? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, cause brown, right? They thought poop related because we have the poop thing for a while. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's a um, mother tree. No, wrong. Okay. So last guess. Uh, it is a guitar. Mommy Brown. Jing, jing, jing. No, it's a type of guitar. Then it's oh. like the, the, I don't know, the queen of guitars. Then it's like, have you got this $2,500 Mommy Brown? Mommy Brown. No, it's not right. It's not. <laughs> Mummy brown is a pigment. Oh. A shade of brown. Literally a colour. Yeah. Okay. Made from mummified human remains. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and, no. and they were used by European artists in the 16th century. So it's inside the paint. Yes. From then. Yes, so what they did was they mixed up ground up ancient bodies with peach and myrrh. Myrrh is M-Y-R-R-H. Yes. Myrrh. I know myrrh. You know myrrh from playing Wordle, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you mentioned it in the previous episode. Okay, so yeah, it is a brown color. Okay. Yes. Very gross. Yes. So historical records date Mummy Brown's early use to the Renaissance. Painters were said to prize Mummy Brown for its richness and versatility. Wow. And they often use it for shading and flesh tones. So ironic, oh. They use the mummified remains. Then after that, they use it to color flesh tones. Well, at least they lived on in that way. I guess. Uh, so, they had a chance to be human again. Uh, in the form of a painting. Uh. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so in the past, mummified bodies used to be treated as a commodity. So starting in the 15th century, merchants trafficked mummies out of Egypt into Europe for profit. Oh my god, so how many mummies did they make into the brown? Mm-hmm. There was a whole thriving mummy tree. Oh my thousands god. Thousands and thousands. Okay. That's okay. So do you know the process for mummification? Something like take out the brains. Then? Um, like something like, like make a hole inside the skull, take out the brains. Mm-hmm. Then uh, soak 
the whole corpse in some chemical mm-hmm. and then uh wrap with the thing bandage mm. yeah okay not bad not bad quite accurate step yeah. one is remove the internal organs oh yeah I forgot about the internal organs yeah. okay. then uh, after that use a salt to dry it out dry out the body oh dry the body dry out. it yeah dry a little too wet will rot so oh, yeah, dry yeah, dry, yeah. dry 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 yeah. then make it fragrant once again using myrrh yeah, go and make it fragrant, rub it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can put flour under armpits also can. Okay. Okay, then later you must stuff the body because not empty ma. Mm-hmm. If it's empty then later it collapse. Okay. Not nice ma. Okay. So they have to stuff the body with linen racks or sawdust. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh. Then after that, they can... Like taxidermy, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, okay. correct. Must stuff it. La. Then ah. the shape be there. Mm. Okay, then after that, they have to add oils and raisins to the body before sealing it. Okay. Then after that, wrap, wrap, wrap in bandages. Okay. So besides mummy brown, right? What do you think the European want the mummies for? What led to the boom in the mummy trade? They want the mummies as a souvenir? Uh, keep in the house. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Very smelly, one. <laughs> Oh. Okay, maybe very young because of the thing. But you'll rot la, and you open it, you'll rot. Eh. They want it because they think it is a, a, a good luck to the underworld. Mm-hmm. A companion. Okay. Oh, so scary. <laughs> Take the person out of the grave and say, hey, guide me to the underworld. The person's like, I curse you, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. very close, okay. but mm, not quite. Okay, okay, okay. So the Europeans, right, mm-hmm. believe that embalmed bodies mm-hmm. contain otherworldly healing powers. Why? So they had a misconception, right, that mummies contain bitumen, which they believe had healing properties. Oh. So this bitumen, right, was found in the Dead Sea. Okay. And Persians used to use it okay. for healing properties. Oh. And then they called it mumia, but it was quite smelly. Okay. It's a black, black petrol kind of thing. So it's thing. like, it's actually part of the mummified thing. No, 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 no. Okay. This bitumen, bitumen is, is found in the oh, Dead Sea. Okay, it's okay. a liquid, black colour liquid. It's not separate is... from, they thought that it's inside the ah, mummy. They thought it's inside the mummy. So, okay. <laughs> so the Persians, they call this bitumen mummyya. But it's oh, quite smelly. So they, it's a different, it's a, the same name. Then yeah. they thought it's, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. There's no name for this Egyptian thing yet. Uh, uh, not, oh. And bum body. Yet. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but when they go and dig the Egyptian grave, right? Yeah. And the tombs. Yeah. Then they take out the mummy lah. They take out the embalmed body. Then uh. they are like, hey, same colour as the bitumen. Oh, okay. Must be this. They use the same thing to uh, preserve them. Uh, they so, they misunderstand it so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decided that, oh, since Egyptian, yeah, go and preserve the thing with this bitumen, right? That means these bodies must have a lot of the bitumen. So they decided that okay, uh, let's try to extract this from the bodies then. Oh, uh, yeah. And then of course on the Persian side, right? They are like, you keep buying from us, then we only sell to have bitumen already. <laughs> so we don't want to sell to y'all. Mm. Then y'all go find yourself. Mm. Then they decided that okay, let's grind the mummy bodies then. Oh. So they grind the mummy bodies <laughs> to make into a powder. Then the powder is similar color to mumia. Oh. Then they call their thing mamia. <laughs> Say why they're called mummies. Yeah, they call them mummies because they make mamia from them. Oh my god. Yeah. And mamia is M-U-M-M-I-A. Mumia is M-U-M-I-Y-A. Oh. So it's like they make a knockoff version of bitumen. But oh. they make from the remains of this Egyptian oh. people. Oh my gosh. So gross, right? 
Then, okay. the cost is from the bodies of these mummies, right? Yes. Then, the bodies are preserved with raisins, oils, and aromatic substances. Yeah. So, they are like, wow, ours better. Ours smell better. Look oh, better. But it actually doesn't have the healing properties. It don't have. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's grind up humans. Yeah. It actually <laughs> gave people stomach pains, bad breath, and great vomiting. Oh my god. Yeah. Then after that, right, yeah. because they grind a lot of the regular mummies, right? Yes. Then after that, not so many mummies left for them to grind. Then how? They decide to make their own mummies. Oh my god. Mm. So no. what did the unscrupulous European merchants do? They use animals. No. What? They go and catch a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they go and catch an unlucky person. Uh-huh. Then they starf the person. Oh, then no. they give the person special medications. Then they cut off his head when he's sleeping. Oh, then they drain him of the blood. Then they fill it with spices and wrap it in hay and bury it for 15 days. Then, then after became... that, they dig it out, then dry in the sun for 24 hours. Then become like a dried thing. Then they're oh. like, ha ha, faster. <sighs> yeah. How many people were unsuspectingly killed? Uh, probably thousands lah. Because oh God. a monk actually documented this nonsense. Oh my God, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, and then he also described that they were saying that this is supposedly cleaner and finer than the ancient mummies. And oh. supposedly much more effective. Oh. Yeah, but not effective at all. No, no healing properties. I mean, the original mummy already got not effective. Right? Not effective, yeah. <laughs> then they think that they do this cleaner version. Because oh. they can control like what goes into the human, how they preserve it. Oh then they God. can faster the process. That just, that sounds bad. <laughs> How dark. Yes. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. So, okay, by the 18th century, right, yeah. using mummies as medicine has fallen out of favor already. Yes. Because yes. everybody got stomach pain, ma, and yeah, vomit. Yeah. Great vomiting. Eh. It's not even vomiting, it's great vomiting. Okay. Yeah. Then, you know, the scholars begin to be more interested in what lay under the mummy's wrappings. Okay. So, what happened? They decided to have Mummy unwrapping parties. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they made unwrapping a mummy become an event. So it can be hosted in a private home or later even in a public theatre. <sighs> so if you were in Victorian era London, mm. which is in 1800s, right? Yes. You can actually buy a ticket to go and see one of these. Oh. Yeah. Did it happen very often? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite often. Like every week you can go and watch a viewing. Okay, yeah. okay. It's a whole spectacle and a show. Okay, okay. Yeah, then because a lot of people unread this thing, right? Then yes. it's like a lot of scholars and researchers start to get involved. Mm. Like, you must do it properly. Got a lot of things to learn, you know? Got a lot of history behind this, you know? Okay. So the surgeons, the doctors, all the medical professional people start to get involved. Mm. Then they want to write stories and research about it. Mm. Like, want to document the findings and all that. Okay, okay. Mm. So it became more and more medical and all that. Okay. Yeah. By the early 1900s, right? Mm. Uh, there's new methods for studying mummies already so don't need to unwrap really you can use x-ray oh yes yeah yeah so, so they stop being brutes yeah they stop trying to unwrap people <laughs> <laughs> and all these parties start to fall out of favour and then mummies were starting to be seen as human remains that should be respected indeed like indeed. this was somebody yep, we yep. should respect them yep yeah, and it's also, also an archaeological find, right? Yes. They started to see like mummies as precious repositories of knowledge. Okay, yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. That was a wild ride. <laughs> I reached the end. <laughs> okay. Throughout the whole system, your face has been like <gasps> very harrowing. Yeah. 
Okay, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. My recommendation for this week is another book. It's called The Housekeeper and the Professor by Yoko Ogawa. The housekeeper works for a math professor Mm -hmm. whose memory only lasts for 80 minutes. So this whole book is about the relationship between the housekeeper, her son, and the professor. It's a bit like talking about math and baseball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very beautifully written, I would say. Um, even if you're somebody who doesn't really like science or math, it's actually very easy to understand. And like, the whole book is about nothing much. It's like nothing big really happens, but the small things in the book are the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I quite highly recommend it. It's quite a good read. Okay, my recommendation for this week is also a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to recommend Greet by Angela Duckworth. Especially for those people who like to write off success as talent. Mm. If you are too lazy to read the book, go and watch a book summary video on YouTube. <laughs> Got a lot, a lot of book summary videos on it, yeah. Uh, the TLDR is talent counts once, effort counts twice. Mm. Yeah, so effort counts more than talent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I also want to say something about my recommendation in episode 56, where I recommended Cobra Kai. Yes. You no I, longer recommend it. No, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> not going to take back my recommendation. I just want to say that I just finished uh, season four. Uh-huh. And I just want to say that uh, it's very draggy and very high school drama in season three and season four. So like okay. season one is good la, for the nostalgia. Oh. But then it gets very like a bit How is isolating. this not taking back your recommendation? I still recommend the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. For okay. nostalgia's sake. Okay, okay. Okay, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Liza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we're off to record one more thing, a patron-only podcast called One More Thing. So, see you there! On the internet this week. But first... Why got falsetto one? <laughs> Sometimes even the Asians want <laughs> Oh no The Asian <laughs> We have been infected by a laughing bug. I'm so sorry guys. <laughs> no, we're not going to use this. We're gonna cut it out. The Asian text it's going to be inside the No, blooper. it's not. It's not. <laughs> you read like that. You write like that, like that, like that. Huh? Then you must... Then you no. can see the top. No way. <laughs> horizontally there. Like that, there. Like, right. It's very difficult for your hand when you're writing. You think about it. Oh... <laughs> This episode is ruined.
你可以笑一句。You will survive. You will survive.